Welcome back to Podside, everyone. And uh, by Crom, we're all here. Uh, I mean, and by by all, I mean uh, Pete <laughs> and Kurt and myself. Or, or I'm sorry, uh, Kurt. What what is your what is your uh, name for this episode? Krutthaka. Uh, Krutthaka of Shylar. Yes, oh, I come okay. to give you podcast wizard. <laughs> we we are going to be engaging in the sorcery <laughs> that is podcasting. Um, here here in the dark pits beneath my house. <laughs> <laughs> well. We are we are both. I mean, I, I'm I'm now now that you mention it, Kurt. I'm looking for that gigantic snake yes. up here at any moment. <laughs> oh, um, Satha Ianti, what won't you do? <laughs> Everything except be Conan's friend. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we're we're gonna, we're going to be talking about um one of the Conan. Uh, this is a novella, right? Uh, I think it's technically a novella. It's like fifteen thousand. So yeah, I guess yeah, I guess that's yeah. a novella. Yeah. All right. It's called the Scarlet Citadel, and and if I'm not mistaken, this is like uh, <laughs> late in Conan's uh, age, or at least uh, late in his uh, in his story where he's a king now. He's King Conan. It is, but confusingly, but. it is also one of the first that was written. And I don't, I'm not actually sure <laughs> yes. when it was published, but this is, this is like the second or maybe the third that, that he wrote. And actually, the first Conan story, the, the reason for this is that, so there's another Robert E. Howard character called Cull, um, who is, I believe, an Atlantean king. Um, and, uh, the, the first Conan story, The Phoenix and the Sword, was was a rewritten Cull story, and Cull is a king. He's like an elderly barbarian, um, and so in the first Conan story, Conan was a king, and then this is this is a sequel to that. And then Robert E. Howard was like, I guess it's more interesting, or he, I don't know if it's more interesting, but he wanted to write about him as a young man as well. So, mm. and those are probably the more well known ones at this point. Yeah, the the, the origin story. He wanted to write yes. the issue zero. Yes, this is this is Arnold Schwarzenegger on the throne at the end of the Conan movie that yes. you see for like twenty seconds. Sofa <laughs> <laughs> <Sofa> Yanti, <laughs> yes, get on the chopper. Anyway, <laughs> get on the giant bat. <laughs> I'd forgotten. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Who is we're snake already guarded. What does he do? <laughs> to hell with you then um so anyway uh so yeah uh i guess do, do we want to just uh give like this is pretty straightforward I, I was sort of amazed at just how um yeah very straightforward this this story <laughs> is it's like well <laughs> it's 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 like a 45 minute dungeons and dragons adventure really yeah well, that that's uh, if if everyone's on the same page, Pete. However, <laughs> yeah, if someone's, right. if someone's right. trying to figure out a way to fuck the bat, you know, yeah, or or some prick wants to hang out and talk in the bar for four hours, it's like fast forward, <laughs> fast forward. I'm not killing anything. <laughs> no, no, I want to try my diplomacy check against Sotha Yanti. Okay, <laughs> maybe, it's like, no, we aren't playing poker. No, but but maybe I can convince him to change his ways, man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Co Conan would be a character with maximum wisdom but low intelligence and and like 
average but on the low side charisma i think is 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 how how his bill and and of course extremely high uh strength and constitution mm, yes i mean yes not a absolutely. fan of armor though Conan. i i gotta think <laughs> about the charisma thing because i mean the the guy could get it that's what i'm saying is is that i i think i, I that's that's true i guess it depends whether it's it's intellectual charisma or physical charisma because Conan's not – he's a man of few words, but the words he does use tend to be uh, impactful. But, um, he, he, he prefers to let his sword do the talking. That's right. That's right. Or his axe or his spear or whatever whatever weapon whatever, comes to Yeah, him. whatever weapon. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe it would be good to do like a real quick primer on um, Conan and Robert E. Howard. Very short. Um, Robert E. Howard uh, was born in 1906, lived most of his life in Texas – um, he that, that that's what was wrong with him. Sorry. Well, I I mean it honestly, kind of. Um, yes, he yes. he lived in a small town basically his his whole life, like the town where he was born. I believe he worked on the oil fields. Um, then he became an amateur boxer. He was very much like striving to be like the self-made macho man in the style of kind of like like uh, Teddy Roosevelt. So sort mm-hmm. of if you imagine that that kind of like early twentieth century archetype. Um. Basically was like a self-taught intellectual, uh, so to speak. Um, very much tried to be – very much tried to embody the sort of like warrior poet that he would then later write about. Um, but was also like a very um, humble and seemingly nice, if intense, person. Um, he he carried on we, – we have a great deal of his letters – uh, and he carried on um, extensive correspondence with, among other people, H.P. Lovecraft. I, I knew where you were going. <laughs> well, the reason that I bring it up is, um, contrary to Robert E. Howard's reputation as kind of like this weird right-wing guy. And I think there's a fair shot that if he were alive today, he would probably be very right-wing. Um, but idiosyncratic person that he was, he was often the moderating progressive person arguing with Lovecraft. He loved to argue with Lovecraft um, and wrote extensive letters calling him an idiot for supporting Hitler, for, for being a racist. Um, he, he wrote extensively of, uh, about how much he respected like women poets and intellectuals from, from antiquity and the modern day. He was, he, he was, he was a more complicated figure than, um, than uh, he is often portrayed, but also was a very troubled person. Um, and uh, took his own life um, in, I think, his late 20s when um, his mother passed away uh, or when, when he found out that she was going to pass away. But um, wrote prolifically for a number of years, regardless. Mm-hmm. Pete, I heard you draw a deep breath as if you had something interesting to say. No, I'm just saying I it, it occurs to me that like if you're going to kill yourself, the player's move is to wait for your mom to die. Right, right. Exactly, yes. and that—that's I—I—I I, I think that um, he—he was—he was a deeply troubled person. Suffice to say, he—he he had his his friends were friends by letter, and like it's you know reading his letters back and forth to people, you would never guess that he lived in a small Texas town and had basically never left that town for any great length of time, because um, he seemed very intelligent and worldly and he didn't seem like someone who worked you know stereotypically worked in 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 oil fields but his best known creation conan the barbarian um if uh, you know what honestly probably the best way to introduce him is just to read if i may the one paragraph at the beginning of the 
the first Conan story, which is the one that precedes this, the Phoenix on the Sword. Dun, 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 and which begins, dun, 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 uh, dun, dun. attributed to the fictional Nemedian Chronicles, Know, O Prince, that between the years when the oceans drank Atlantis and the gleaming cities, and the years of the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of, when shining kingdoms lay spread across the world like blue mantles beneath the stars. Nemedia, Ophir, Brithunia, Hyperborea, Zamora, with its dark-haired women and towers of spider-haunted mystery. Zingara, with its chivalry. Koth, that bordered on the pastoral lands of Shem. Stygia, with its shadow-guarded tombs. Hyrcania, whose riders wore steel and silk and gold. But the proudest kingdom of the world was Aquilonia, reigning supreme in the dreaming west. Hither came Conan, the Sumerian. Black-haired, sullen-eyed, sword in hand, a thief, a reaver, a slayer, with gigantic melancholies and gigantic mirth and gigantic muscles, hey, uh, to tread the jeweled thrones of the earth (laughs) under his sandaled feet. And that's Conan. He's a big, strong guy, but he's also got feelings and thoughts about about the world. (laughs) (laughs) He's got big feelings, big, mm. big feelings, big muscles, big feelings. Um, yeah, yeah. May I ask um, what what your uh, familiarity with uh, Conan and or Robert E. Howard is? Pete, I know that you have some. Carlo, I don't know. Um, I've I've read them all. Um, Fair enough. I, I read them all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've read all two hundred and sixteen. No, I, I've got. Um, when 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 Kindle was the Wild West, I bought the I bought the complete Conan. Oh yeah, unabridged, and you know, just began to, beginning to ended that at one point. I know a little bit about Howard, mostly because like when you're doing an extensive conversation about H.P. Lovecraft, he's a related palate cleanser, mm-hmm. and it's an easy place to go. Mm-hmm. So he was I've, maybe Lovecraft's best friend, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and and just I mean, honestly, if you were going to be trapped in a room with one of them, it would obviously be Howard. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. He's, he, I mean, in, in his letters, he's very he's very funny. He's he's like comes across typically as very kind. He does have like a bit of a mean streak, but I, you know, he he seems to try to act to act the gentleman such as he is. I guess. Well, and whom among us really? Yeah. Also, the man could wear a hat. It must be said. <laughs> he he was he was wearing fedoras before it was cool, man. Yes. Oh yeah. I, I mean he he looks um he looks nothing so much as basically like Al Capone is essentially who, <laughs> yes. who he looks like. He looks a great deal like Al Capone. It must he be does. Said. He does. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. So so, I have this is the first Conan actual Conan uh fiction I've read. Like uh, my my um, what do you call it? Uh, my contact or my experience with Conan is mostly um, sort of uh, collateral, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like collateral uh, contact through like you know reading legends and lore, you know, uh, in D anD D, and they had like a, I believe. The, the original Legends and Lore had Conan in it before they... Uh, <laughs> I believe it did. I think it also had Krom and a couple other things. Yeah, it, it had... I mean, it, it had other... It also had Elric and, and Cthulhu. And- <laughs> it drove me crazy that they pulled all that shit out. Yes. I I, I sort of... I, I understand why, but also, yeah, I, it, it, it rocked. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I mean, and it's fair to say, um, if if you've never, if you recall that section that I read, um, read that section and then go read the beginning of the first Elric story, um, mm-hmm. because it basically begins with uh, essentially like, like a satire or like like a, an inversion of that Conan because Elric well, it, is, was created as inverted Conan. Like what mm-hmm. if instead of being like, you know, a, a tanned muscular, you know, hearty laughing, hard drinking, cool guy, what who if you were sorcery. like a skinny little nerd who needed, you know, sorcery and drugs to stay alive. Yeah. I was thinking about that today, walking the dog. And I was wondering if my relationship to the two heroes, I mean, not that we're tight, but would, would it be different? <laughs> I, I read now, Elric now, first. Now, Ariok, like this. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. like this. Oh, but but the like this is like 18 different fingers. Yeah, like, like more fingers. What, what do I say, eight, man? Look, Blood you, you, and you souls just, for my Lord Ariok. <laughs> yeah. 18 fingers. Are you Are you trying to tell me that AI is going to summon Ariok? Uh, <laughs> it would explain mid, a lot. Yes. Mid-journey. <laughs> um, anyway. One one thing, uh, if I if I may, real quick, um, the the one thing that I remember that stands out in the Elric at the beginning of uh, Elric of Melnibony is the fact that uh, where uh, Howard is very clearly um, sort of doing w- what what Tolkien later did as well, which is there is this hidden uh, history. Yes. Before our prehistory where like there had been like these great empires that rose and then fell and then our actual sort of history starts afterwards, right? Um and in Elric it's he 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 complicates it because he says it could have I don't remember the exact line but it's like something along the lines of it it could have happened in the the distant past or yet to be or something to that yeah. effect. So it's like any time. And I mean, that also feeds into Moorcock's other sort of like uh, eternal hero type of stuff where it's like, mm-hmm. it's the same person sort of fractured through time, blah, 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 oh, whatever, whatever. The, the first, the first uh, expanded universe where an author stapled together every book he's ever written that I'm aware of was Moorcock. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I think that there is uh, our our friend uh, Simon McNeil basically mentioned that Moorcock might have been the first uh, like the first speculative fiction author to sort of come up with the multiverse as a narrative device. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it it yeah. I I can't think of anything else. I mean, there may be something. There, there, there might be some like edge case that you can try to sneak in there, but mm-hmm. but certainly, I think those are foundational um, to that idea. Yeah, absolutely. They're well put. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so do do we want to talk a little bit about uh, this Dan Conan guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um, it, I I want to I want to pitch for a second. Uh, like I think that if you're going to compare the eugenics nightmare that is Lovecraft and the eugenics nightmare that is Howard. <laughs> Howard does really well. 
Yes. But I also think that that Conan sort of speaks to some things that I don't necessarily agree with. Like what makes what makes Conan superior is that he is a barbarian. He comes yes. from the wastes. He has generations of people who had to like fight wolverines in order to get mm-hmm. food. So he's smarter and faster and stronger and has a bigger dick than everybody else as a result of this savagery. Well, what I would say is, yes, I agree with that. I would quibble with superior because Howard had a very fatalistic view of the world. He doesn't think that barbarianism is good. He just thinks it's more it's more honest because in Howard's worldview and in Conan's worldview, because Conan is very much like like a mouthpiece for Howard. And that comes yes. up in this where, where Conan's like, you tax your citizens too much. I was laughing. What is it with these age of consent laws? <laughs> I, I was I was laughing so hard where he, he, he gives that whole speech about like how, how he uh, he dismantled the tra- the tax structure. You should be and issuing now- credits, non-refundable <laughs> credits to your citizens. <laughs> and I was like, wow, it's it's really interesting to see that. Hell uh, grants for to, people to, starting small business <laughs> to 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 be to be honest, like using the the George R. R. Martin approach, it's really interesting to see that Conan's tax uh, policy <laughs> is <laughs> very la- very low taxes. Uh, it, 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 they they yeah. promote growth. Conan's tax policy is is he comes to your door and goes wine, give me wine, and you give him some wine and he goes away. Uh, but. The point this that I was damn sorcerer is- called Laffer <laughs> gave me a curve. <laughs> Wizard, you tell me the economy is thriving and yet jobs are down. Anyway. I, I'm going to crack a beer, guys. I need it. <laughs> okay. I'm mead, by the way. I meant to mention Oh, that. good for I you, man. Some, some mead for Conan. Um, didn't, didn't you want some gonna- watered wine? <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is um, Howard doesn't think that, that – like the that barbarians are any like better he just thinks that underneath like basically like scratch civilization and there's the barbarian right under the surface um so his his argument is not that like we should be barbarians but basically we are doomed to be barbarians and that when push comes to shove civilization is just a lie that we tell ourselves that keeps us from fighting our neighbor for the time being but that all those things are still there and that as soon as shit gets real, um, Conan will be better off because Conan is more – Conan is fundamentally more honest about the way he lives his life. He can be civilized, but he never deludes himself. He is always – he's in touch with his barbarian nature well, the, in a way that, his, that, that, his that, inner barbarian. that Howard would say, we lie to ourselves that we aren't barbarians. I think – and the only way to tr- genuinely prevent this is to vote. Is to vote. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for the for the king. Yes. For Conan. <laughs> vote with your sword. <laughs> I mean yeah, that, I, that is that is basically Conan's s- system of government. It's yes. like it's time for elections. Who will fight me? <laughs> I oh, shall free lovely. the crown off your head by cutting it off your head and then the crown. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's one thing that, that, that sort of struck me and I, I don't like, I don't have any knowledge of this. So maybe, uh, I'll ask you a, a pointed question, Kurt, because, uh, 
as I was reading this, uh, and, 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 you know, like, yes, we're laughing about the low taxes and all that stuff, but, but honestly, like the way I started, um, sort of understanding how perhaps Howard came up with a character like Conan is sort of almost like he's, he's projecting like this idea, like, like you said, the self-made man, but even more so specifically the American self-made man where perhaps the rest of the world within the context of the time he was, he was writing the rest of the world viewed the U S as an upstart and almost barbaric, uh, empire. Yeah, but I think, but like, fair. this is like, this is his, his way to show that. Yeah. Well, see, we're, we're the best because we, you know, we, we talk to you straight. We don't, we don't have any, uh, we don't try to sugarcoat it. We, we tell you straight up. You suck. No, I, I'm gonna I kill think you. I think you're exactly correct. I think there is a very like American colonial ideology at at play here, um, and I definitely think that that feeds like directly into you know Howard's viewpoint and Conan's viewpoint. Howard was plenty critical of of America, but I do think that he. I, I mean. When you find out that he grew up in Texas and lived there his whole life, it's like, ah, uh, yes, okay, that makes yeah, sense. It now. fits. It fits. Yes, yeah. he's. De- and I mean, H- Howard did also write like just straightforward westerns as well, and they are, you know, of of that same mindset. So, ve- yeah. I-, I think you are spot on, Carlo. I don't know that he would put it that way, mm-hmm. but I think it's pretty evident in retrospect that he's he's certainly coming out of that same tradition. The the other thing that. I will say weighed heavily on him is um you know he he was he and Lovecraft both were alive during a period of um frankly like popular obsession with the ancient world um and there was very much a sense of like these were new discoveries like suddenly you know like the the reason that King Tut's tomb was such you know global news isn't isn't just that you know it was a big ar- like archaeological discovery it's that there was a real hunger for like wow we're rediscovering lost info these secrets of a of of a vanished age and there were popular religions that were focused on this there was a great deal of philosophy that was focused on it there mm-hmm. was a great deal of race science that was focused on it and mm-hmm. i mean you can see those slimy fingers all over this work, frankly, like it's 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 a very it's it's a view it's a worldview that's that's perhaps not maliciously so or perhaps not intentionally so very informed by you know ra- quote unquote race science and and mm-hmm. racist ideas and well, so I, it was a fascination of his as it was many people's. What well, what oh oh go ahead, Pete. I was just going to say that that I mean I I I do think that to a certain extent people from this era could plead ignorance. Because yeah. you were trying to apply science to everything, and the the fact that this was toxic and horrible, they 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 didn't understand. You know, yeah. I mean, I we we did have a world war before people started waking up to that shit in a coherent way. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, it was it was definitely like, I think it's still fair to say it was a moral failing, not winding yeah. up on the right side of history, but. It was if if contemporary America, if the default worldview is racist, 
then in, you know, 1925, the default worldview was so unbelievably <laughs> just right mega, in your face racist. I mean, mega racist. <laughs> there is a like in I forget when it was. It's like the like the the late teens, like 1917 or like 1918. The U.S. Congress literally commissioned and published like a big book of different races and what they're like. It is one of the most astonishingly racist things you will ever see where it's like, oh, this, you know, and there's literally like hundreds of races listed. And it's like, well, these, you know, these guys are, are, are lazy, but clever. And these guys are strong, but like, you know, cowardly. And it's like, oh my God, just, it just goes on and on and on. Oh, so, so so it's, so it's just the player's handbook for D&D. It it basically is. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm I'm making a joke, but it's not, it's not a very funny one, sadly. I mean, I mean, you, you could make the argument that that's literally the thinking behind parts of the player's handbook, right? Like, yes, it's like yes. everybody gets stats and your race is a stat and you get, you know, plus five strength and minus five int. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, I, one, one thing that I wanted to uh, perhaps poke at a little bit is that this is um, like, like the, the idea of like this, uh, this ancient uh yes. past right uh, it it feels very much like a almost like a repudiation or a an offshoot of like hollow earth type of um fiction right it existed alongside it um mm-hmm. theosophy was the popular religion i was referring to and that was very concerned with like hollow earth theory and it was it, it was all part it was all part and parcel to it um i don't I don't know what Howard personally thought about it, but it was all kind of part of the same melange, if you mm-hmm. will. I, I've got a pitch here. Um, I, if you if you take the idea of sort of the the cyclical the cyclical, we're a step away from barbarism and civilizations rise and fall and those sort of things. Like I think to him, like that looking backwards was very similar to looking forwards. Yes, mm. you no, know, Pete. I think you're exactly right because. To to him, the fall of Atlantis is 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 uh, as George Lucas say, it's like poetry. It rhymes, um, you know. Is is that the fall the the fall of Atlantis is no different than the fall that will happen to us? Yes, basically. like like you can look back and see it's it's um it's uh uh you know uh God, I'm totally blanking. The mead has gotten to me. I bet my senses have been dulled by the devil mead. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is uh uh you know look, look upon my works ye mighty in despair is very much it's 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 that that same sentiment like what mm-hmm. what was old and great is now gone someday our great monuments will be gone too so so it's it's sort of informed by the gothic then is what you're I, what I'm I saying. think it's extremely gothic yes mm-hmm. yeah um and and to even underline that fact you'll notice that even in this story which takes place I forget. Pete, do you remember when the Hyborian age, technically, like according to Howard, is? I I, I want to say it's like thirty thousand BC or something. Yeah, I, I was going to say it's like twenty seven or thirty six thousand. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot back there. <laughs> it's, is yeah, it's m- many BC. Um, there were mammoths. Okay. Yes, there were mammoths, but there are references to vanished civilizations from three thousand years before the time of this story. Yeah. It's it's almost as if you could uh you know turn a spade and and uncover you know vast treasures from a past world. <laughs> yeah, and you know part of me wants wants to sit down with him and be like 
dude, you got at least a hundred years. Enjoy it, you know. Well, but I I think that that's uh, Pete. You you joke, but I think that that's that's always been part of like the the weird sort of reactionary uh, sort of like the reactionary version of American American philosophy is that we are both we are both the the empire that uh, sits astride the globe but also at any moment we could fall just you know like drop of a hat it yep. could happen and it's such a weird neurotic thing that uh, it, it's it's weird because I, I wouldn't say that Conan is a neurotic character, but it, it's sort of a, a he's so hyper masculine and and so um, like self-sufficient that it, it's almost as if it's a power fantasy stemming from that same I that, that same idea, right? He makes me think of Mr. Hyde from Dr. – like if you could separate Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Dr. Jekyll is all the limits. Mm -hmm. Mr. Hyde is what you have when there's no restraint. And that's Conan too, except there's no – like there's there's no potential cage for him. He's just, he's just unbridled, uncivilized competence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So do do we want to talk a little bit about the the story we have at hand? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we read, didn't we? Yeah, yes, okay. yes. I know, Pete. It, it, you probably did this in five minutes. Uh, you know, <laughs> this morning before you started I, work or something. I try not to talk to you about how long it takes me to read shit because I don't want you mad at me. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just like, man, that is that is an amazing superpower. That I do not have. It well, it it's not particularly applicable. Sorry, I got disconnected for a moment. problem. Um, I, Pete um, might be, but yeah, yeah. I, I I read it. It's awesome. Well, wait. Sorry, my bad. Oh. I got I got disconnected and reconnected. The bounds of the, the bonds of civilization cannot hold me. Okay. You broke I, the sorceress curse of the podcast. <laughs> curse. I'm, so, I, I'm sorry, Pete. I started talking. And I was like, oh, I bet Pete is talking right now, and I'm now talking over him. <laughs> I, I, I thought you got mad because I was, I was talking about how I just read the story today. <laughs> no, I just read it today too. Honestly, I actually had, I, I had read this at some point, but I, but I had forgotten it, and so I literally read it in the last like hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, the thing is, the, and that is something I know we need to talk about the story, but I, I, I'd like to call this out. Like, there's a lot of stories you read, and like years later, you could talk about the plot <laughs> or the details. But when you read a Conan story, a week later, what you've got is the vibe. Yeah. And it's a strong vibe, but you're, oh I, I think God. you're right. Like, like there are not uh, uh, not a lot happens in a conan story but it happens very eventfully oh yeah <laughs> as it were like like it it happens a lot but not many things actually happen <laughs> it's like oh is he captured does he kick everyone's ass does he get a lot of gold yeah. does, does he well, have I, sex with someone i'm stunned one one of one of the things that that surprised me about this is just how sort of like operatic it all it all feels right just very, yes. uh, very, very like over the top. Uh, and, go ahead. And to, to, to the extent that I, I would say at times parts of it almost feel like an outline for a more fleshed out version. Like there's the one chapter um, that kind of recounts all the happenings in Aquilonia while Conan is on his way back. Mm -hmm. And it's like 
that could be like an entire novella unto itself. It's all this political intrigue, but it's all just kind of like described in a rush. And then Conan shows up and kicks everyone's ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, so, no- somebody, somebody up on the tower said, the bat is coming. The bat is coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then gets conked on the head and, and passes out. Go ahead, uh, Pete. You were going to say something. Oh, uh, d- nothing coherent. I just, I just <laughs> thought that this story could have used uh, musical accompaniment from Jethro Tull. Oh mm. man, like Aquilonia, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd be into it. <laughs> Me too. I love Jethro Tull. But let's talk Me about too. the Scarlet Citadel. Oh. Okay, I was I was trying to see if we could make Carlos' head explode, but you're right. We should probably not. <laughs> Look, the Scarlet Citadel is yet another uh, band, the very metal band that no, not many people know about. <laughs> no, you're no. probably you know you're probably right. I I, I wouldn't be surprised honest. if it was. <laughs> to be honest with you, just do a search on Bandcamp and find out. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so yeah, so so basically, this is uh, what is it? Uh, the, the the big the big bad here, who is like behind the scenes, is uh, a, a once again a wizard, yes, <laughs> a sorcerer, Sotha Yanti, Asti Spumanti, <laughs> very um, sparkling wine. Uh, go ahead. I have located the band Scarlet Citadel. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Is it, is it on good? Band camp. They they appear to be good. The decent heavy metal. They've got a following. They're on Encyclopedia <laughs> Metallicum. All right, Encyclopedia Metallicum sounds like a, a Warhammer forty k type of. Uh, it, it really resource. ought to be, or, <laughs> or like good. A, a conservatives jam. Um, mm. Okay, so I I'm going to shut up for at least three minutes so that the momentum <laughs> of talking about the actual story can go. <laughs> So yeah, so Sotha Yanti uh, is the big bad who is I forget it's um oh fuck there's so many names in this sometimes it's like what is it uh Abernum and Abelaros uh which yeah, are like so, rival rival uh, uh kings so in- yeah there's there's two there, there's two kings who are brothers out Amalris and Strabonis. There we go. Um, and I believe that they are brothers. Um, Amalris is the king of Ophir, and Strabonis is the emperor of Koth. Um, and they both, uh, they both, um, in truth, covet Aquilonia, which, if you recall that paragraph that I read, is like the glittering jewel of the world. So, and and in in a previous story, Conan had risen through the ranks of the military there, um, and then wound up, uh, I, I, I forget if, like, the king tries to have him killed or something, so Conan strangles the king and is like, I am king now! Um, <laughs> and, he, and so... <laughs> He he didn't back his way into the throne. No, he, he actually didn't back. like he, he just like walked straight forward, <laughs> straight into forward, it and pushed with it his over. sword. Yep, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so Amalris and Strabonis, you know, arguably correctly view view Conan as a barbarian and, and a nitwit, and they say, you know, we can go take this. And so, um, the 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 wizard Tasatha. Ayanti, who we are to understand, is is the real ruler of Koth. Like he's he's the one who actually runs everything. 
um, sets up this trap where um, Ophir is technically Conan's ally, and King Amalris says, "Oh, help me, Conan! We're under attack!" And so Conan rides in with five thousand of his of his his strongest potions and his strongest men, um, and it turns out that it's a trap to the purpose of which is to capture Conan. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so so then they capture him. They manage to capture him. Like he fights basically to the very end. <laughs> he fights <They> everyone. Want- <laughs> yes, it, it's it, like he's covered in blood. He's wounded, you know. And then uh, he has it within himself, uh, as we mentioned earlier, to have essentially like half a chapter of uh, uh, like a soliloquy almost yes. about how he's the correct ruler for Equilonia. And again, uh, his tax policy, uh, low taxes, yes. uh, promote what growth. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So his, yeah. So, so Conan's whole, whole argument is, so, so ba- basically Amalris and Strabonis say like, you're just a barbarian. How dare you? You're no ruler. Um, and Conan says, you know, you two are only rulers because your ancestors, you know, spilt blood to rule these kingdoms. I, and it was just given to you. You've never done anything. I ha- actually conquered my kingdom myself. I fought for it. I bled for it. And so I have more right to my kingdom than you. And as evidence of this, look how badly you treat your people. And I treat my people very well. Not necessarily because he's a nice guy, because he's just straightforward that way. You know, it's, it says, you know, he got rid of the tax policy. Um, his corrupt, he has corrupt nobles, but they don't dare lay a finger on the common folk because they know that Conan will beat them up. <laughs> Again, it's it's that 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 Robert Howard thing of like, okay, barbarians may not be nice, but they're not, you know, at least they're straightforward. You know, they're like, hi, I'm Conan. I'm here to take all your gold. Okay, Conan. You know, he's not going to lie to you about it. He's just going to come in and take it. Yep. Yep. Um, Which I, gives me an idea for 2024, really. Hmm. <laughs> um, Conan, Conan for, for president? Uh, okay. I, I mean, like, A, he would probably be a Republican, and B, he would be the best Republican we've seen since Goldwater. Well, you've seen you've seen uh, Idiocracy, right? Oh, yes. He's, he's basically <laughs> President Camacho, essentially, you know? Yeah. Rondo, I, okay, I it has what plants crave. <laughs> Except it's wine. Find me the wizard to fix the drought problem. <laughs> I mean, the sad thing is that that would probably work in a Conan story. <laughs> yes, fair. <laughs> I did want to say Conan, um, in his in his back and forth with uh, Tisatha Ayanti, has a way with uh, Bon Mots. There, there's, there's a great line or a great little exchange where um, Tisatha says. I offer you life, Conan, said Tisatha, a cruel mirth bubbling at the back of his voice. I give you death, wizard, snarled the king, and backed by iron muscles and ferocious hate, the great sword swung in a stroke meant to shear Tisatha's lean torso in half. Um, but he gets rope-a-doped. And um, an interesting thing that I had forgotten about is that Tisatha Ayanti does seem to have actual magic powers, but a lot of the stuff he uses is actually like chemistry. Like he throws um, basically like some kind of a powder in the face of one of the kings to bring him to heal. And it's literally just 
it's like a chemical powder that blinds him or mm-hmm. um, he, he paralyzes Conan with like a poisoned ring. He doesn't use magic. He straight up is just he's just clever. He has, you know, mechanisms and, uh, you know, his own like ancient technology, basically. Yeah. Whereas uh, where like uh, what is it? Peleus is very much more like uh, I have magic powers. I am a god. Yes. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> I love I loved Peleus. When he shows up in this story, it it cha- it's it's like that's when it shifts into high gear for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So so uh, as as expected, you know, Safa throws Conan into his dungeons uh underneath the it is the scarlet citadel right it's like yes. underneath the the his his tower or whatever yeah what what is explained to us is that um the the king that founded koth originally built the scarlet citadel atop the ruins of an ancient city um and discovered that the ruins of that ancient city were haunted by horrors beyond mortal imagination um, and so he walled it all up and moved his capital to the other side of the country and was like, I'm going to be as far away from these horrors as I possibly can. <laughs> um, and then, you know, hundreds of years later, Tasatha Ayanti is like, horrors, you say? I love horrors. And so he <laughs> he reoccupies the old palace um, and ba- basically digs up stuff that he ought not to have dug up, essentially. He decides as- to, to to flip this tower. Yeah, as wizards do. Oh my god, that's perfect. That would be great. HGTV should totally do like a Conan Reno show. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, and and so it's like full of uh, as as you would imagine, a very very D and D friendly, right? It's full of like tunnels that are full of weird uh, creatures and weird sights. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a gigantic uh, serpent that lives there. Uh, that seems to be, uh, uh, I don't know if it's under the control directly of Sotha Ayanti, but it's definitely his, his pet, uh, that he uses to just dispatch different people that he uh, Mm -hmm. finds troublesome like Conan, Mm -hmm. but Conan escapes, um, not through his own cunning, but through the single mindedness of an old enemy. It's just spite saved his ass. <laughs> yes. Um, who who comes to Conan and says, you know, I have Tasatha Ayanti's key. Or no, um, it's from the eunuch uh Shukel. Shukeli Shukeli. Yeah. Um, and he says, you know, what will you give me to let me go? And Conan says, I'll give you five thousand Luma. And he says, Ha, th- th- you know, that's that's nothing. And he goes, Ten thousand Luma in a palace. And he goes, That's still not enough. And he your your own weight in gold. And finally, um the the man says, you know, you've forgotten who I am. You know, long ago you were a pirate and you raided this the city and you killed one chieftain and the other fled i was the one that fled you killed my brother and so you know the only in a in a very racist line he says basically like the only thing that blacks accept is blood uh for <laughs> for for an old debt and I was like, All right, well i i, I uh, beg for us not to talk about howard's use of of black people in conan yes yeah absolutely. <laughs> suffice I, to say we're not I, the right people to have this conversation but it is it's 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 pretty racist, I think. It's yeah, 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 yeah. It, it definitely, but is. complexly so. Mm. Uh, 
sort of. <laughs> yeah, sort of. It's it, it's also just regular racist. I oh, yeah, okay. I yes. I don't know. I don't know, Pete. It's it's it, it's pretty on its face, but it's got layers. Is the thing I think. Yeah, well, that, what that's what say. I'm saying. It, it, we're talking about an, a, a racist onion here. Like you yeah. could keep peeling. They're all racist, but it keeps going. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a racist onion. You, you, you when you no, cut no. into it, he, instead of instead of crying, you you actually just mutter slurs. <laughs> Pete is correct in that there is not like one kind of racism. There's like uh, racism. There's like three or four different kinds of racism. It's, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's, it's not good. It's, it's, it's not like good a much. sampler pack of, of different races. <laughs> it's a Whit, Whitman's slur sli- sampler yes. pack. Oh, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> anyway, um, but it, it's strangely. <laughs> Like, like I, I, I say slur, but I, honestly, like he doesn't use slurs except the blacks, which is yes. not great. Yeah, you know what he means. Yes. Suffice to say, um, but uh, this guy, and I don't think is. Hold ever on, named. hold on. Oh, I would yes. like to also say we, there's something we need to say here. We are opposed to this. Yes, we are opposed <laughs> okay. to this. It doesn't. Add, I, I, I will say. Um, this is one of those things where it's like the roots of it are throughout fantasy. And this is one of the ways that those roots get introduced. We already talked about how like you can kind of feel like the D&D-ness of this. Like this mm-hmm. is how that gets in. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, and maybe yep. that wasn't the intent. But this is, to be fair, like Conan stories are very big on like the Shemites are like this. And, you know, oh, the, yes. the Kushites the, are like this. It's like the, the Shemites, good with money. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh yes. my God. You, suddenly, you suddenly made me think of like Conan stand up. He's like, eh, eh, you oh, know God. what I'm talking about? Yeah, the Shemites, they walk like this. And, oh, the, and the Aquilonians walk like this. <laughs> yeah. You ever go anyway. to see a wizard? <laughs> okay. What's Look, the deal that was with not wizards? A comedian. Okay. <laughs> Andy Rooney, like rearing his ugly fucking mud. <laughs> um, but uh, hubris comes to all men in a Conan story, and so um, Conan's accoster is killed by the snake, whose name I, I think is like Shasa or Shata or something like Shati, that. Something like I think Shati. Um, who fucking bashes the guy's head in with its giant head. Um, 80 feet it's stretched from its pointed tail to its triangular head, which is bigger than that of a horse. In the dim light, its scales glistened coldly, white as hoarfrost. Surely this reptile was one born and grown in darkness, yet its eyes were full of evil and sure sight. It looped its titan coils in front of the captive, and the great head on the arching neck swayed a matter of inches from his face, and so on and so forth. It's a, it's a giant snake, but one of the things I love about Howard is um, nothing can ever just walk or slither or look. It peers with burning gaze. It you know it slithers with <laughs> with silken silence through the through the inky dark or whatever. You know, well, like, you know, H- Howard Howard uh, heard that you you should have strong verbs um, in your in your writing, and he took that to heart. Yes, Co- he really Co- did. Conan does ejaculate something at one point in this story. <laughs> must be said, you know. You could definitely feel like we we did an episode on the Eye of Argon, like a year oh, or man. two ago. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think if you read that and this side by side, it's like, oh. 
Right. Yeah. Well, yes. yes. Okay. Okay. I, I was I was going to mention, and thanks for reminding me. I was going to mention that I was getting big Eye of Argon <laughs> vibes <laughs> throughout, and it's like. Oh yeah, see, this is what it looks like—a little bit more polished, but yeah. yeah, but 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 dude was like, he was really like, he, he captured close. the vibe. Yeah, he captured yeah. the vibe for sure. Yeah, he was like one draft away from a Conan story, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, but yeah, so so uh, it and and so what is it? Uh, oh shit, I forgot the name of the guy. Uh, Peleus that, that gets. Is, uh, the, is that the the guy that got killed by the snake? The oh no, no Peleus was the guy with the plant. I don't yeah. know that we ever get the name of the guy who gets killed ah, by the okay. snake. He's just uh, unfortunately the black. Unfortunately, mm. it's it to say. <laughs> well, Black King Chieftain. Mm. Yes, Chief. Okay. Uh, in any case, yeah. So so he that buys him enough time because the the snake just grabs the the body and just like. Makes off with it. Yep. And uh, and then Conan shows feet. Yep. He sure does. He posts feet pics. Uh, yes. He takes and, off his sandal and he uses his toes to grab the the big cartoon key ring, like the like the ring of keys. <laughs> of big metal my God. keys. <laughs> you know what I, you, you say that and I'm just imagining like uh like Ren and Stimpy style, like close up <laughs> of like just like fucking ingrown toenail and just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like a whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, or, or the or the howling wolf in the distance. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so Conan unlocks himself and picks up the sword, and now Conan's got a sword, and you know what's going to happen. I've got a sword now, ha ha ha. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, and yeah, so Conan uh, in- encounters some horrors beyond man's imagination. He he finds he hears what sounds like a woman weeping. It turns out to be this big tentacled thing that he runs away from, and it it, it like fl- I think Howard describes it as flopping and flouncing after him or something. Yes, it's, mm-hmm. very, yeah. it's a very funny use of language. Like it sounds like ah, it sounds like like it's having a lot of trouble chasing. <laughs> um, yeah, it, and it sort of felt like he handed he handed the book to Lovecraft for two yeah. paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, it do- no, it does. Um, there's a. Uh, there's a specific like section I I think somewhere that I uh, eh, maybe I didn't save it, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that is very Lovecraft when he's describing it, like horrors beyond man's imagination, and there's a part where Conan is chased by some kind of invisible presence that that was very Lovecraft, where it's like there's an yeah, invisible yeah. presence he knows is there, he sensed great tentacles or some kind of entity hovering nearby that would haunt his dreams for the rest of his life, blah 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 blah, you know. Um, I, I I do I do love his uh, description of when he comes ac- across the the cell where Peleus is. It's kind of horny. It must well, be yeah, said. Yeah. It's, I'll, it's I'll, very horny. I, I, I actually looked it up and found it. So uh, if, if I may, please read the horny thing, Carla. Yes. Within these bars lay a figure, which as he approached, he saw was either a man or the exact likeness of a man, twined and bound about with. T- with the tendrils of a thick vine, which seemed to grow through the solid stone of the floor. It was covered with strangely pointed leaves and crimson blossoms, not the satiny red of natural petals, but a livid, unnatural crimson, like a perverse uh, perversity of flower life. Its clinging, pliant branches wound about the man's naked body and limbs, seeming to caress his shrinking flesh with lustful, avid kisses. (laughs) 
One great blossom hovered exactly over his mouth. A low bestial moaning drooled from the loose lips. The head rolled as if in an unbearable agony, and the eyes looked full at Conan. But there was no light of intelligence in them. They were blank, glassy, the eyes of an idiot. Uh, I, I, God, it, it is, it is horny, but it also is like, he's being like, like it's, it's a Dracula plant. What the yeah. fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. It's some kind of like a drug Dracula plant that's kept him like drugged up. We later find out for 10 years. Um, it's a hell of a trip. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's a hell of a trip. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, he says, uh, Conan, after he, he chops it off, he chops the plant off and reason he says, what? Peleus, the sorcerer, to Safa Ianti's rival who vanished from the earth 10 years ago? Not entirely from the earth, answered Peleus with a wry smile. Tasatha preferred to keep me alive in shackles more grim than rusted iron. He pent me in here with this devil flower whose seeds drifted down through the black cosmos from cosmos from Yag the Accursed and found fertile field only in the maggot writhing corruption that seethes on the floors of hell. Cos, uh, um, or some would say cosm. Yes. <laughs> <I believe>. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, grant the size to see, if you will. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, I, I did really enjoy that because it's it's sort of like a, a it's sort of like this very uh, sword and sorcery flourish, right? Where it's not like he's not being held in a cage, like he's not being held just in a prison cell. He's held in a prison cell and. Also being like slowly, uh, you know, like tortured to death by this uh, weird entity because that's, I mean, that's that's the part and parcel of the the whole like that that's a very D and D type of thing, right? Sword and sorcery, D and D, like you have like these what odd, you know, devil, what devil tree is this, you know, type of uh, encounters where you're like, this is a flower, but it also hunts like a lion or something yeah mm-hmm. whatever uh i i really enjoyed that because it is such a such a a sword and sorcery flourish anyway and um peleus is so much fun once mm. he's freed like i i was so psyched at like i wanted more peleus i would read a bunch he's so like i i don't know he's he's so like modern and genteel mm-hmm. he's like oh we, we'll just go this way i'll just i'll just use my i'll, I'll use my powers i i have plenty um, you know, ah, take it easy, Conan. It's fine. I've got this handled. Um, he's just, he's just like very funny and kind of like chatty and he's nice and he's, he's very positive for a man who's been being eaten by a plant for a decade. Well, I mean, he's, uh, you know, like if this were a D and D adventure, this is the character that, the, that is actually the D and D's, uh, PC. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, is able to, to, you know, take care of everything. Never dies either. Mm-hmm. And Peleus does some magic to help them out. He um he goes back to the gate where there's like this this clever huge iron door that seals shut the catacombs and and um Conan killed the eunuch who was manning the door. And uh Peleus is like, that's no matter, this is fine. He'll 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 help us out alive or dead. And Peleus just reanimates his body and he gets up, and there's a really great um visual description of uh shoot. Shukil, is that his name? Shukeli. 
Shoot Kelly, um, mm. where his, his body is like moving like an automaton mm. and his feet are tripping over his own entrails that are pouring out of his mm. belly from yes. Conan having chopped him up. And he, he unlocks the door. And then as soon as they walk past, um, he just kind of collapses back to the ground dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just a night. Nice, yeah. As you say, it's a very D and D touch. It's just a nice little, like, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, it's entertaining. Like you can see why people were like, oh, we got to make movies out of these. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, by, by the way, by the way, uh, Pete, let me just yes, say hello, Chewy. Um, oh, if, if you, ever, you heard that, did you? The baying <laughs> of if, a, some terrible hound. If, if ever there was a dog Conan, Chewy would be him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's my monster. So um, we, I have new neighbors that have pit bulls. And like they'll periodically like they just would uh, they, they installed one of those flipper gates for the dogs to come out. And the owner now has to come out with the dog because like Chewy has intimidated these so poor Aww. bastards. Yeah, they won't go out. So we finally we've worked out a thing where like I'll let him know what I'm bringing Chewy inside so they can bring him out because he's like headbutting the fence trying to get at them. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> this, this, piece, just... this is the lie, the deception of civilization. We are all barbarians deep down. Chewy is just more in touch with it. Well, you know, the the, the thing is that, uh, you know, the fence, that is a mere fiction. (laughs) If 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 that fence were not there, I, Chewie, would be dominant. (laughs) He wanders over there, kills the other dog and declares himself dog. Like, that's totally his vibe. I would be scared of him, too, frankly. Well, to quote Peleus, um, the scale, the... he, he says the scaled people. I guess in this case it would be the furred people. The a see what escapes the mortal eye, answered Peleus cryptically. You see my fleshy guys. He saw my naked soul. So perhaps <laughs> the pit bulls are merely seeing Chewie's uh, naked soul, <laughs> recognizing him as a higher being. Because because basically the snake comes up and Conan is all ready to fight it. And Peleus is just like, go away. And the snake's like, yay! And uh, <laughs> runs See off. See ya! Yeah. <laughs> the, the snake pulled a shaggy. <laughs> Zoinks! <Yeah>. Zoinks! <laughs> Gotta get out of here, Scoob! But yeah, uh, so so then he uh, he also uh, summons up like a gigantic bat creature mm-hmm. f- so that Conan can uh, make his way back in time to save his, uh, his beleaguered troops. Go ahead. I was unhappy with the description of that because they started saying it was a bat creature. Then they said not bat. So I'm like, I, I don't know. I have nothing to visualize here. This is a Lovecraftian creature with no actual description. I think well, it's a bat. I, I, I think it's a bat, but I, I think it's also taking cue, like not taking cues from, from, uh, from Tolkien. It's taking like Tolkien is taking cues from this. Because, like, remember, he, he describes the Nazgul as neither bird nor beast. And, like, bats are neither bird nor beast in The Hobbit. There you and, go. Okay. Yeah. So so Nazgul are, are sort of, like, in, in not natural creatures. So, yeah. Giant bat, I would probably say, yeah, probably not a natural creature, you know? Interesting fact. Um, we do have evidence that Tolkien read at least one Conan story. Um, someone sent him... At some point, like a fantasy anthology um, with just like a bunch of contemporary fantasy 
authors from like the 30s, I think. Mm. And we have very little about it, except that he sent someone back like a list of the stories that, that he had read and wrote like a little note. And he basically was like, the Conan one, good. I think is all, is all that he said. So we don't, we don't have anything more than that apart from he read one Conan story and he, and he liked it. It's just like a thumbs up, like a Tolkien with a thumbs up sign smiling. Yeah. <laughs> My good man. Chap. Could you imagine if Tolkien had been asked to blurb like a Conan? Oh gosh. Oh gosh. It would be like, it would be a blurb that occupies like the entire back cover. <laughs> a ripping good yarn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so so yeah, so uh, we we get to that chapter that you mentioned earlier, uh, Kurt, where where essentially it's a lot of sort of summary of like the the battle positions and how the like uh, the troops are moving about and you know like uh, it, Howard has a very uh, interesting uh, point of view regarding like like the minute any any place is without a leader, it just collapses into anarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such an interesting thing for someone who is also like, well, I like barbarians. Yeah, <laughs> I I will say that there's a way in which that whole section is perfect, in that there there's. Uh, you can always divide people into two categories, but there's really two types of readers of this section. There's there's the people who are like, okay, well, what did the picks do? What did the peop- What do the archers do? And then there's a group of people who are like, fuck it, what happens? And either one of them can roll through this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, it's you, it's it's brief. It's right. fast and detailed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and, and it, it is. Yeah, it's it's just. I think that Howard's prose has a way of being okay. This may be boss baby, but I'm just gonna say he's. I think that there's a lot in common between Wolf and Conan, and or or between Wolf and Howard in the sense that um, both of them present a lot of information, but a lot of the information is aesthetic and not practical. Right. So like we are so so like Howard describes in that in this chapter how there was essentially like a cat's paw or a satrap, um, he says, of like one of one of Aquilonia's high ranking aristocrats um, is set up to take over for Conan when they announce that Conan has died. Um, and he's been given foreign mercenaries that he can seize power and he will be subservient to um Koth, to the land of Koth and to uh to Satha uh Tommy Ioni. I forget his name now. <laughs> um but, but, but what you're supposed to take away from that is not actually like the detailed battle plans. You're supposed to take away what you said before, um Pete or Carlo, I forget which. Was it clever? Then it was him. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. It was clever. So, uh, of, of like, you're, you're not supposed to take away the battle positions and like where you know soldiers are and who's leaving. You're supposed to take away like everything is collapsing without Conan. Everyone is close to barbarism. 
there's like a nerd trying to take over, but he can't. And there's this enemy army outside besieging. And I think you could make a big list of all the groups that Howard makes, and it would probably kind of make sense. But like, it's kind of besides the point. It's the 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 point is to let the detail wash over you and make an impression, and not for you to actually understand like the mechanics of the situation or to care that much about the specific day-to-day politics. Like what you need to know is there's a nerd and there's a guy who's still on Conan's side who flees the city, basically. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Enter Conan on a bat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. I love, I love that, that section where they're all just kind of like, they're all getting ready to, um, you know, to, to to fight their battle and suddenly there's a speck in the distance, it grows to the size of an eagle, and then it becomes this massive thing and everyone's running and screaming and Conan just drops down with his sword and is like, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he says, uh, um, he, so the Prince of Pelia um, was the guy who was trying to take over and Conan corners him and says take your plots to hell with you he roared and like a sack of salt he hurled the prince of pelia far out to fall through empty space for 150 feet Um, the people gave back as the body came hurtling down to smash on the marble pave spattering blood and brains and lie crushed in its splintered armor like a mangled beetle i love the like a mangled beetle um and so conan's back baby awoo (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's good again yeah it's good again literally <laughs> <laughs> it's what, the taxation stupid <laughs> yeah <laughs> what i like about all of this is howard i think has set things up clearly enough that like at this point you're excited like you know that conan is gonna own Tasatha iomi or whatever his name is like, it's so obvious that this guy is going to be caught unawares and Conan and his allies are going to totally romp him and Peleus is, is going to show up and say something clever and do something cool. And all that is exactly what happened. But I think that H- Howard does a good job of, like, teasing you with, like, look, Conan's Conan's back. He's saving the day. He's kicking people's asses. Um, and you know that the main ass that he needs to kick is soon going to get kicked. Not yet, yep. but soon. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's funny. It's like there, there's drama and and a sweeping landscape and so on. But on one level, there is no drama because you definitely you, you're not deep into the story before you can map out what's going to happen to everybody. Right. Like if you have any understanding of of Conan, it's like, "Ooh, bitch, you're dead. You are yeah. dead." <laughs> that, that's that's something that I think is under discussed in in pulp. Is like. One of the things about Pulp is to find, much like like an 80s or 90s sitcom or, or like TV show or like Law and Order, is to find like a, a formula that you can reuse over and over and over and over again. You could write a thousand, you could write 10,000 Conan stories, and the formula doesn't need to be significantly different. And if it's done well, the audience is willing to forget at least for 10,000 words that Conan always wins and mm-hmm. it still yes. feels thrilling even though it's a very clear repeatable repeatable formula yeah yeah i i think it's it's it sort of um 
it feels very much like the the same sort of like scaffolding that like a fairy tale has, right? Yeah. In, in the sense that you like like Pete said, like from the jump, you know that Sotha Yanti is he's the bad guy. Two, like one, he's the bad guy. Two, oh boy, is he going to get his comeuppance? Yes. Mm-hmm. And weirdly, I, I think that the the twist here is that it's not precisely uh conan who deals the comeuppance here Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's it's peleus like conan is uh the point of view character but he's not really the main like he's not really like the most consequential person in the plot um Mm -hmm. that that is very much peleus Mm -hmm. who shows up and is like oh i've got other stuff and i i even love when the story is like Peleus was an okay guy, but Conan doesn't want to meet him again. And you're like, man, Peleus is probably out there doing some cool stuff. <laughs> right, right. Um, I do love um, like when when that confrontation. So, so like, there, there's a whole sequence where it makes a point of saying that, like, in becoming a ruler, Conan has absorbed at least like a little bit of civilization where. He genuinely, we are told, does care about his subjects. Um, and so he he feels bad that they are being mistreated and he's angry that this new dipshit has come in and fucked everything up. And so there's actually like a cut like a like a two or three paragraph section where Conan is just giving orders and is like, you need to take ten like a hundred men and go over here and do this and do this to these nobles and and you need to go recruit this guy, send a rider to get this guy. And it's like Conan is like like multitasking, he's managing, he's a he's a compassionate, attentive manager. Like he, he's you know, he's delegating. He's, he's, yeah, he's delegating, he's goal-oriented. Like Conan kind of becomes like a bureaucrat for like a little chunk of this story. <laughs> but only so that he can ride out him like personally with a sword and start chopping people. <laughs> Who is Conan Galt? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. Uh. Yeah. Uh, was it? Um, I I love that he he like it's it's so funny to me that the that you know after all of this Sotha is like dealt with rather quickly right uh, he has a, again we meet wizard he grins savagely. <laughs> Keep off, screamed Sotha, with like a blood-mad jackal. I'll blast the flesh from your bones. You could not conquer me. If you hack me in pieces, the bits of flesh and bone will reunite and haunt you to your doom. I see the land, the hand of Peleus in this, but I defy ye both. I am Sotha, <laughs> son of... Conan rushed, sword gleaming, eyes slits of weariness. Sotha's right hand came up back and forward, and the king ducked quickly. Something passed passed by his helmeted head and exploded behind him, searing the very sands with a flash of hellish fire. Before Sotha could toss the globe in his left hand, Conan's sword sheared through his lean neck. The wizard's head shot from his shoulders on an arcing font of blood, and the robed figure staggered and crumpled drunkenly. Yet the mad eyes glared up at Conan with no dimming of their feral light. The lips <laughs> writhed awfully and the hands groped as if searching for the severed head. I love this. It, like it, his, his body is still like trying to stumbling around, trying to reattach his head. Um, and I love that uh, Pelly like swoops down, like grabs like <laughs> his yoink. 
yoinks his head and the 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 body just headless body goes staggering <laughs> off into the distance. So so let me let great. me let me uh give you the last uh dialogue that uh that that Conan has and I'm gonna translate it. Uh Crom, his mighty shoulders twitched. A moraine on these wizardly feuds. Peleus has dealt well with me, but I care not if I see him no more. Give me a clean sword and a clean foe to flesh it with. Damnation! What would I not give for a flagon of wine? Translation. So that happened. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the, the imagery, there's something very powerful about that imagery of like something happens and then something flies away. I don't know why, but it shows up a lot in pulp influence stuff because um, Elric spoiler advance 30 seconds. If you don't want to hear this, that's how Elric dies is mm. like he, he I, I, I think um, Stormbringer finally kills him and then it grows wings and flies away into the sky going, ha ha, fuck you, Elric. <laughs> Sucker! Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it says I was a thousand times more evil than that yes, or something. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, thank you, Pete. Um, and it also happens in the Chronicles of Amber um, when uh, Corwin is seduced by this like beautiful lady who comes out of nowhere and, and they smash and then all of a sudden she sprouts wings and flies away like, I got you, bitch! Ha-ha! I tricked you! <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It's it's there. There's something about like something happening, and then somebody flying away, like laughing back at the at the person uh -huh. who's just been done wrong. Um, that is resident in in pulp. I don't know what it is exactly, but it's definitely a thing. Well, I mean, I I think that uh, the flying part is easy, right? It's just simply something that no one. No one with uh, earthly right. powers can do, right? So, and and it's this sense of like futility. Like you can see it; it's right there. But it's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I guess I guess there goes Peleus with with the Sotha's head. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm being I'm being informed that the choice is to request that we start guiding this to a conclusion or mop up P later. Hmm. Oh, so Conan is uh, in in your <laughs> yeah yeah, no, yeah. Well, Co the toilet. <laughs> a mere sophistry. I do not need a toilet. I pee on your toilet. Exactly. No, you're supposed it's... to pee in it. No, no, I pee Conan on it. Conan would do that. Conan would put would put the lid down and then pee on that. <laughs> and you go, excellent, a mighty construction. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think we can wrap up. Uh, I think we've said a lot, and I know that we have another one coming uh, of these stories. So. If we have more to say about Conan, we'll have an, another opportunity. Excellent. Yes. I I want more Conan. I thought it's very fun. Um to me this this capture is like it's it's a little different because it, it it's a little bit like more uh more like big scale than a lot of Conan stories which are very like individual people. This has a lot more like grand battles. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it captures a lot about what's propulsive. It's fun to read on like a line by line level. It's 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 complicated but not difficult. Like like you know, um, Howard uses a lot of obscure words, but it's always immediately clear what they mean. They're like you know they're not that obscure. Um, mm -hmm. Right? So yeah, I enjoyed it. 
speaking 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 of wolfisms right he does use like these uh like older words and doesn't explain them like he's just like uh yeah like the spahis and the satraps and you know like all the all the different uh descriptors it also uh like like I hate to say this. It's it's also very D and D first edition. You remember the 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 class names would be like these weird like <laughs> like if you were a thief, you were like a skulker, a bravo, uh, you know, like <laughs> yes. a padfoot or something. I don't know, whatever. It, it was very strange to to see them, but it was also like I, I that type of thing has grown on me, man. Yeah, and and also uh, to your to your point. Conan swings his sword that made not of steel burgonet or male halbergion. I don't know what those mean. I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah. He's swinging his sword. It's fine. Yeah. Does Conan care? No. So why should you? Yeah. And I, I think, I think part of that is that m- much like Wolf, you are supposed to get a sense of distance from the text. You are supposed to feel like you are reading an ancient epic. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, from what little we know, I think we can we can kind of guess that that's probably why Tolkien liked it too. Is that Tolkien does the same thing, where he's mm-hmm. he's trying to give you a sense of reading something old that happened a long time ago, and you are now privy to the secrets of these lost events. And I think that that's what Howard is trying to do. And then yep. he's he's also at the same time kind of kind of humorously dropping Conan into the middle of it to just you know go nuts basically. <laughs> yeah, there's some funny moments though where they start talking about scientists. Like Conan, you don't know any scientists. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he knew them briefly before he cut off all their heads. <laughs> yeah, so what is this enough. science? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, another form of sorcery. Off with their heads. Fuck them. <laughs> but but you know it, it, it you know it, it's funny because whenever I read like. Uh, uh, it, Conan is uh, l- as as a last thought, I suppose. Conan is uh, very barbaric and very violent, uh, and prone to violence. But it's also very um, it's it's sometimes amu- grimly amusing, uh, and it reminds me of like when you when you read like uh, old stories about like the actual uh, Vlad Sepesh, you know, he's like, oh, so these Turkish um, quote ambassadors came to visit me, and they wouldn't wouldn't take off their turbans, even though we th- we think they may have been hiding their weapons in there. Oh, you don't want to take off your turbans? Well, we'll nail those turbans to your heads now. And, uh, oh, you, you're crying out in pain and dying. Well, <laughs> you should have taken off your turbans then. Yeah. It, it's grimly amusing in a, in a very, <laughs> very not pleasant way. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that that's my last thought. Uh, it, it, unless there's any other last thoughts. Uh, Pete, I've been notified that I too need to del- to let a dog outside. So uh, okay, <laughs> my last thoughts are are bark bark basically. Yes, bark 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 bark. All right. Well, uh, thanks, gents. Uh, we'll catch. We'll we'll be revisiting Conan soon. And everyone out there, thanks for listening. We'll catch you here next time on Potside. Quest to undo the spell of living stone. Co-
revenge upon his family by driving the evil serpent men back into another dimension and vanquishing their leader, the cruel wizard Rathamon.